Section thirty six, volume three, chapter two of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter two. By our present mode of education, we are forcibly warped from the bias of nature until even our thinking faculty is diverted into an unnatural channel we are changed into creatures of art and affectation our perception is abused our senses perverted our minds lose their force and flavour till the soul sinks into a kind of idiotism and is diverted by toys and baubles enlivened by a quick succession of trivial objects that glisten glance and dance before the eye like an infant kept awake and inspirited by the sound of a rattle smollett one available resource remained for him against the contemplation of these impending ills no less than of sophia's pale and cheerless countenance in that all-engrossing purpose of masculine existence the sport of the field it was september the holywell preserves were the best in that part of the country no vacation synod of overtasked ministers or faction of a disbanded administration gathered annually in the halls of mrs armytage to plan project cabal outwit as in those of the duchess of spalding on pretence of battues calculated to decimate her game and form a screen to far wider devastations she had what is called excellent shooting to bestow upon her friends and guests but not a coney not so much as the range of a turnip field to offer as a bait for those wandering dervishes of the great world who bestow their tediousness on country houses in proportion to the merits of the sport afforded or the reputation of the cook provided and providing still there is something cheerless in solitary sports to traverse a mountain moor where all is wild and strange with no other society than the uninterpretable highlander toiling after you in vain may be an exciting thing but to wander over the same farmy fields you have wandered over from childhood with none but dick martindale the keeper to applaud your exploits is in the sequel wearisome enough greta and his two friends still loitered in perthshire not one of the spalding family could arthur presume to invite the society of wemmersley their only sporting neighbour was worse than none and unless he could have persuaded old dr maranham to bear him company dick martindale was fated to be the patroclus of our achilles but all this compulsive solitude was advantageous to him affording that leisure for reflection which had hitherto been wanting it rendered him eager to loiter for an hour or two at the vicarage on his return towards holywell whenever dr grant found respite from his pastoral and paternal duties to bestow his time on one whose enlightenment might tend at some future time to the enlightenment of the country there was something in the very presence of dr grant even when unengaged in bestowing spiritual exhortation or classical instruction which exercised the happiest influence over the mind of arthur arthur was discontented with his lot accounted himself a slave a victim yet here was a man 
immeasurably his superior in understanding acquirements virtue resigned to shine humbly in his sphere and be content desiring riches as a means of good to others yet patient in poverty conscious of power to enlighten the world to distinguish himself as a preacher to exalt himself as a reformer yet satisfied to remain obscure doing good after his generation nay more than satisfied happy and exulting in the opportunities afforded although constantly thwarted in his views by the opposition of mrs armytage he felt that few pastors would have exercised over her perverseness so much authority as himself and that few pastors are fortunate in a patroness of so much moral excellence or such well-motivated liberality towards the poor he thought of spaldington and its rich rector the dean and its rich rector the dean's protectress the duchess and gloried in his humble lot he looked round upon his fair children the memento of his wedded happiness and blessed the name of mrs armytage he looked upward to the bright sky where his past labours and past affections were to be crowned and blessed the name of the almighty and what spectacle more exalted more instructive than a man of lofty powers of mind and aspiring nature subdued to philosophy by the influence of religion from the contemplation of such an example arthur often turned his steps more lightly towards holywell remembering that he had a living wife to love and cherish him a child born in the sunshine of prosperity a position enabling him to achieve distinction and contribute to the happiness and amelioration of his fellow-creatures that he walked in no narrow circle of limitation unless the circumscription of his own passions his own frailties armed against himself by the lesson he would mount his horse and ride cheerfully into thoroton confront with firmness the insolence of its petty cabal disconcert the manoeuvres of gumption and his confraternity confer with his friend the mayor consult the interests of the manufacturing population acquaint himself with the necessities the projects of his constituents and form views of his own for the reconcilement of their jarring claims the counsels of the right-minded lord rotherham were also of material service to him and if marian sometimes suspected that he made them a pretext for too frequent visits to greta castle she was now too uneasy on sophie's account to indulge as formerly in the personal griefs of idle jealousy it was on the eve of the arrival of lord and lady armytage and sir john maudsley and his family were already established at holywell preparatory to the races that wemmersley who had no other occupation than to prowl like a stray cat from house to house in the neighbourhood to get up petty fights execute petty depredations and render himself a universal nuisance walked into the drawing-room at holywell to inquire of sir john after his charming friend mr reginald maudsley whom he knew to be sulking on a tour in carniola to inform lady maudsley that there were several cases of smallpox in the neighbourhood which he knew to be convalescent and to predict for the gratification of the whole party that they would certainly have rain for the races 
every fifth doncaster being invariably rainy and the last four having been fine as midsummer i was over at doncaster yesterday said he not being so fortunate as my friend mrs armytage in a double set of horses the journey is more of an affair to us and i always get a pied-à-terre for the benefit of our party his friend mrs armytage did not think it necessary to apprise him that her widely extended connection in the town and neighbourhood pre-assured her the use of half a dozen pied-à-terres but suffered him to proceed with his malignations i was glad to find that our races are likely to be remarkably full as well as remarkably good said he though bored enough that not a room was to be had but a dark hole over a confectioner's smelling of raspberry jam and queen cakes at the rate of three guineas a day i ought however to have congratulated myself that it was no worse for it seems we yorkshire squires mrs armytage with ruffled feathers longed to remind him that he had been born in his father's villa at hornsey are not to be brought out this year fate has brought down in judgment upon us a tribe of graminivorous nigger drivers enough to spread the yellow fever through the country all the best rooms at the new angel are engaged for a mr and mrs dyke robsey all the best stabling engaged for a mr and mrs dyke robsey the best places in the stand for a mr and mrs dyke robsey and when i saw a fine lively turtle arrive by the mail and tried to make interest at the rockingham arms for a few quarts for our party at mill hill not so much as a fin undisposed of all belonging to monsieur le marquis de carabas this said mr dyke robsey and who is mr dyke robsey inquired poor lady maudsley a perpetual questioner about nothings a stereotyped note of interrogation there's a little spare dwarfed priggish individual of that name in the house replied sir john member for perjurum if my memory serves me and out came the peacock's repository which fulfilled to his needs all purposes of rhetoric or science as containing an authentic list of baronets and members of parliament exactly jacob dyke robsey portland place london no country seat apparently member for perjurum ay i recollect him i used to sit near him or i never should have heard the dozen words of speech which regularly a dozen times in the course of the session he intended should have become audible to the house mr speaker i who hold myself to be the unflinching champion of railroads and radical reform when cries of question or a chorus of coughs used invariably to deprive posterity of the peroration poor little fellow he was pygmy enough to have been a grandee of spain mr dyke robsey is my very near relation interrupted mrs arthur armytage and to sophia's satisfaction in a firmer voice and with a calmer manner than she had even expected to hear her sister-in-law assume on so trying an occasion ten thousand thousand pardons my dear madam cried sir john not sorry perhaps to have been the means of inflicting mortification indirectly on mrs armytage 
who at various times had been the means of inflicting so much and so directly on himself i was not at all aware i could not be expected to know i really think it will be a vastly convenient thing when burke's commoners shall be completed like the baronetage and peerage so as to make one better acquainted with alliances and intermarriages at least in one's own family and in a certain rank of life even as it is replied marian to sophia's still greater amazement circumstances might have made you aware of my connection with mr robsey his wife and my mother being alike daughters of one of the earlier irish baronets sir emilius o'moran but after all who reads or cares for such things cried wemmersley provoked to see her extricate herself so well from the pit he had prepared for her it was only the other day that i heard lord rotherham's sister lady cardington coolly inquire of di Marinham after her niece miss devonport i have no niece madam miss devonport is no relation of the family pray excuse me drawled lady cardington i always fancied that an elder sister of yours had married a mr devonport and died in the west indies there is no occasion for any exercise of the fancy with regard to such a family as ours retorted di the baronetage might have afforded your ladyship proof in point ah very true again drawled lady cardington i have a baronetage and peerage for the use of my porter in grosvenor square but to say the truth i never opened one in my life wemmersley's mimicry of the short crabbed voice of the yorkshire squiress and the silver drawl of the dowager of mayfair was to the life yet nobody laughed the maudsleys were affronted and mrs armytage angry i had not supposed said she that my friend lord rotherham could have had so ridiculous a sister and did you learn at doncaster mr wemmersley inquired poor sophia in her now hollow voice whether the races were likely to be brilliantly attended this year oh you know there is always prodigious exaggeration of the strength of forces on the eve of a battle but we shall have of course our usual allowances of county notabilities the duke and the wentworth family with their thirty how many is it outriders apiece the duke of weatherby too comes in state and to lady honoria's surprise in a state of single blessedness while the spaldings will have a suite of twenty carriages including those of my excellent relative mr leonidas lomax whom report asserts to be on the eve of marriage with the duke of spaldings niece that you must consider a match of your own making mr wemmersley observed mr arthur since you were the means of introducing him to the family yes but i had a higher opinion of the family than to suppose they would condescend to barter a twig of their genealogical tree against even a million of dollars amassed by dry salting and treacle boiling cried wemmersley with all the indiscretion of rage i have had enough of them last week that frenchified jackanapes lord wyndham wrote me coolly word dear sir he was coming over to sleep at mill hill 
and i still more coolly wrote back word that my house was full you should never have allowed them to take such liberties with you said marian to whom this latter piece of information had been significantly addressed by wemmersley the duke of spalding himself would not have presumed so far at holywell but to return to the races miss armytage resumed mr wemmersley to cover his disconcertment we are to have at greta castle as usual a vast gathering of the partlet family all lord rotherham's married sisters and all lady rotherham's married brothers and all the sons and daughters of all the tribe besides a party of young moormen who will arrive this evening from glenvalloch but the best set as usual will be at sir edward longbond's and who is sir edward longbond inquired old maudsley smelling a baronet no one we should ever have heard of replied wemmersley if he had not happened to purchase that remarkably pretty place with the fine plantations close to doncaster racecourse but by managing to turn its eligibilities to account he has provided splendidly for his whole family george robins when he advertised the estate instead of describing the substantial mansion fine sheets of water pineries and ice-houses the whole contiguous to the far-famed racecourse of doncaster and commanding a view of the stand ought to have defined it as a pair of colours in the guards a stall at winchester an attache ship at munich all lying in a ring-fence within view of the st ledger i have not the honour of understanding you sir said sir john who regarding wemmersley's volubility as unparliamentary and plebeian chose to make him rise to explain i mean cried wemmersley very much elated by his own wit that sir edward by contriving to make his house available for the races year after year to my lord the first lord of the treasury my lords of the home and foreign departments with other cabinet etc being unquestionably the most convenient for the purposes of any in the neighbourhood has provided for half a dozen younger sons for the hundred or so per annum he expends on his race parties the revenue finds compound interest to the amount of between three and four thousand a year not altogether a liberal calculation said sir john jealous of the honour of a sir edward in all probability his family interest and connections pardon me interrupted wemmersley you lie under a very natural mistake but the object of your vindication is not so much as a baronet by descent he is indebted even for that small distinction to maplewood lodge he arrived in yorkshire edward longbond esq and i grieve to mention it from some retired solicitor or small mercantile neighbourhood such as welbeck street or devonshire place and rose to sir edwardship and a deputy lieutenancy in the course of the first three doncasters you ought to add said mrs armytage with dignity that sir edward longbond has not attained nor ever will any permanent footing in the society of yorkshire i do not imagine that he ever sought it said wemmersley rising to take leave he prudently invested his civilities as he had been investing his bank stock where they were likely to return him the highest rate of interest 
the smallest under secretary of state was worth more to longbond than the highest yorkshire high mightiness good morning my dear madam lady maudsley your most obedient and with a comprehensive bow to the younger ladies away went wemmersley delighted to have inflicted pin-point wounds on the pride of every person present but there was one to whom while meaning to give pain he had imparted unlimited pleasure marian who for a week past had been trembling lest she was fated to forego the long-promised pleasures of her scarborough excursion and even seriously apprehensive that some mischief had befallen some member of her family was now wrapped up in measureless content the robseys in whom she could see nothing to be ashamed of nothing but what was honourable and gratifying as a family connection were actually coming instead of fretting over the inhospitality of holywell they had secured the best accommodations had outbid princes archbishops and peers of the realm and established themselves to their entire satisfaction unhurt by the contumely of a mrs armytage her father she had long known would certainly accompany his friend tom warley who had a permanent lodging in the town but now the whole family was secured to her who knows perhaps even her dear good mother would be of the party her eyes sparkled her colour rose self-absorbed she heard not even lady maudsley's polite inquiries after the teething of her baby she heard no arrival no announcement of visitors nay was obliged to be addressed twice by mrs armytage ere she turned to execute her formal introduction curtsey to lord and lady armytage personages whom as distant connections of her late husband the lady of holywell always treated with deference but to whom as in noble and aristocratic connections her own superiors in condition she did not fail to temper her civilities with formality and hauteur her reception of two of the easiest and best-natured people in england was as measured and ceremonious as that of some plenipo of the landgrave of saxe kleinigstein doing the honours of his saloon to the resident of the duke of hesse rothenburg physic battle end of volume three chapter two